Hi, this is Lori Power, Director of Evangelization and Discipleship at Christ the Redeemer Parish, and welcome to Talking Saints. I'm here today with my co-host, Peter Sanchez, reporter for the Catholic Star Herald. Today we'll be spending just a few minutes talking about a particular saint, their lives, and how their example can inspire us. Because, as Pope Francis reminds us, to be saints is not a privilege for the few, but a vocation for everyone. Beautiful, Lori. Welcome, everybody. And uh, so who, who we're here talking on, uh, it's Thanksgiving Day, November yes. 22nd, and who's a saint today, Lori? St. Cecilia. St. Cecilia. Feast who? Day fell on Thanksgiving this year. And who, who was St. Cecilia? Oh, St. Cecilia. We don't um, know exactly when she lived or died, but she is an early Roman martyr. She was probably born the second century, um, but she has a beautiful story, a uh, beautiful tradition that has um, sort of been passed on about her. So do you want me to start the story? You yeah, want to start well, it off, Peter? You can, you can start it off. I know she was born in, in Rome, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she came from a very wealthy family, and she was given in marriage to a young man named Valerian. Um, she herself was a Christian, though I'm not sure her family was. Um, it might have been someone who was taking care of her, perhaps, who shared Christ with her. But at a very young age, she had consecrated herself to God. But she also wanted to be obedient to her parents. So she agreed to marry Valerian. And during her wedding ceremony, she was said to have sung to, to God in her heart, Um, And that actually, what she sung in Latin, is typically used as the antiphon on her feast day for Vespers. It's quite beautiful. But in English, it's if actually, if you want to, those who are listening want to look it up, it's called the Cantantibus. And if you search that with Cecilia's name, um, there's some beautiful musical settings of that. But in English, basically what she said is, um, what the, the antiphon says is, while the music played, Cecilia sang in her heart to the Lord, saying... Let my heart remain without stain that I may not be put to shame. So she had made this, she had vowed virginity to God. So she's sort of praying, okay, how can I keep this vow? And I'm, you know, in the middle of my wedding here. So she was sort of um, asking God, how's this going to go? But pretty interesting story. You want to take over from there? (laughs) Yeah. After that, uh, during that wedding ceremony or after she told her husband, Valerian, taking a vow of virginity, and had an angel protecting her. And then Valerian didn't believe her, wanted to see the angel. And instead, Cecilia told him, well, you know, you'll see the angels. You'll, your eyes will be able to see the angel when you go to the third milestone on the Appian Way. And he, was, he then did that, and he was baptized by Pope Urban. Yes. And after that, he returned to his wife and found an angel at her side. Uh, which he did see, and then he he crowned the angel crowned Cecilia with the chaplet of rose and lily. And what's really neat too is then Valerian's brother Tiberius heard of the angel and his brother's baptism. Uh, he also decided, hey, I want to be baptized. And together, the two brothers Tiberius and Valerian dedicated their lives to burying the saints until. You know, you hear a lot about these saints, Lori. We talked about uh, they were mur- murdered. Um, right, a lot of martyrs at that time. Indeed, they were living during yeah. a time of persecution. So, and they were murdered by the prefect of the city, Tertius Almachius. And I think with, weren't Tiberius and Valerian were both martyred, right? Were murdered. That's true. But what's interesting is um, 
when they were brought before the prefect, apparently one of the officers of the prefect, Maximus, um, he was appointed to execute them, and he himself was actually converted by their witness. And then oh. he was executed with them. So he was martyred shortly after becoming a Christian. So they, even though they were Christians for a very short time, they um, had a great impact. And yeah. I think you mentioned um, Cecilia was given... Um, a crown of, of roses and lilies. Yeah. And typically those are symbolic, those two colors, the red and the white of martyrdom and purity. Um, so we already know Cecilia's um, purity was protected, but um, sort of a sign that she perhaps was going to be martyred as well. You see that. I, I, I can't I can't think of whatever saint right now or in the past have been they've received that, what you said, the rose right, and the lily. The, right, yes, the crown. Kind of foreshadow. Yes. What will, excuse me, happen to them? Within an, and the church was named after her and late fourth century. And But first. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am totally. <laughs> Hold on a second. We have to go. To, have to, it's kind of interesting how she died, okay. actually. So, <laughs> sorry, she, so her way, husband and her brother-in-law, she buried. Um, and then she was a sort of devoted her life to um, preaching and, and telling people about Christ and taking care of the poor. Um, and it's said that she was able to convert over 400 people, which at a time of persecution, that's pretty impressive. That is. Um, so can... since she was also out there really evangelizing and um, Rome, the Roman leaders didn't appreciate that. She, of course, was arrested. Um, and they initially condemned her to be suffocated in the baths in her own home so they would just yeah. sort of um like fire up so it would be super steamy and but apparently not only did she not die um they say that it uh, she didn't even sweat when she was in there so the the prefect was pretty upset and he's like all right he sent an executioner to go and try to cut off her head um he tried three times and and it didn't work <laughs> so she yeah. just she was just not um she was not an easy one to martyr that's for sure no. ultimately she stayed alive for three more days um with her neck bleeding but she was waiting for the pope pope urban um to arrive so that she could make sure that her home, she wanted to give her home and her property to the church so that it could be used um as a place of worship so she was sort of waiting for him to get there and then upon his arrival. I think it um, said that she when died. she when she was waiting for the uh when she was waiting for uh the Pope and when she was dying, uh she prayed and, and she preached to the crowds. Oh I'm sure. I... And they collected her blood. Mm, and, right, as a relic, yes. And just uh amazing how or you, you, it always, you know, the, the uh, I don't know what it is that these saints that we know and we've talked about, and even the ones we haven't, they try to put them down, and they can't. That's true. <laughs> like, who was it? Wasn't Some it of them saint, just won't die. St. <laughs> John, I think, wasn't he in a oh, pot right. of boiling water? And uh, you mean the Apostle? The apostle, apostle John. Yeah, well, they, tried to, he, yeah. they tried to kill him. He just, he wouldn't die. <laughs> and see, and that's just how it, it's It's really amazing. up to God. He, yeah. It's really... And it's just something that, and to be able to convert over 400 people. Mm. Yeah, I can only hope to do that. And to, she's known as the uh, patroness of music. Uh, yes, which is kind of interesting because we don't know that she ever played a musical instrument. Um, I think it's just because of that one line where it said she sang in her heart to God. Um, yeah. 
in the Latin, the word looks sort of similar to organ. So very often she's portrayed, that's sort of her symbol, holding the pipe organ. Um, there's mm. a painting by Raphael that's pretty famous that she's depicted holding that symbol. But she's very popular, I know, um, among young ladies making confirmation. Um, she's chosen as confirmation saint and name frequently because she's the patron saint of music. So, Yeah. That, well, that's... Uh, and what's interesting, I didn't know this, Lori, uh, until doing research. She was the first incorrupt saint. That's right. And she was in, in the 6th century. Her body was exhumed. And she still looked in... Uh, in the shape, I guess she did when she died. Right. That's what, and wearing a silk veil and a gold, uh, gold beaded dress. And it's said that from her coffin, uh, emanated a mysterious and delightful flower like odor. Right. Yes. Which is, that's amazing. And I want, do you know where the body is? Um, now, so they built a larger church. I think it's St. Cecilia. It's in, uh, Trastevere, I think in Rome. Um, they also actually later, I think it was maybe around 1599, the bishop of that basilica, it's a basilica in her honor, wanted to enlarge it. So they again, um, opened up her tomb and were amazed by what they saw still incorrupt. And they actually commissioned a, um, artist, uh, Stefano Maderno to carve the saint in the position that she died. So it's very beautiful. It's once again, you can search that one, the Moderno St. Cecilia, hmm. um, to see that she, it's, it captures really exactly what she looks like in that position. She's sort of just laying on her side. Um, I think she had the three fingers together sort of like in blessing the people before she, she died. Hmm. But it's quite a powerful image. Definitely. Yeah. And that's what she, um, interesting too, even her neuro renown. I don't know if you've read the Canterbury Tales. I think in high school I did, yeah. Well, she is uh, the part of the second nun's tale. Oh, yeah. I understand that's about okay. St. Cecilia and about her life and about her marriage and her life. It's, um, it's just really interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, I have not, I think in high school I, re- I remember reading the, the Canterbury Tales and I need to pick that back up again. But it just shows again the devotion to uh, that back in the day, because this was read in, in like the third and fourth century, the Canterbury Tales. So even back then, right, there uh, was already an early devotion she, to yeah, her, yeah. And she was known. And and Lord, what do you think? Uh, I just want to ask, what do you think we can get out of Saint Cecilia? Like, what what is her? What can we learn from her today? Uh, so many centuries later. Well, she was. Um pretty powerful in terms of her evangelization like nothing stopped her even when you know she's dying and she's still (laughs) preaching and and sharing the good news with people um and apparently she must have been very brave because um it doesn't sound like she at least in the story that she was particularly afraid of of dying i guess she knew she was going to meet the lord so and perhaps um that angel giving her the red crown too she perhaps knew that martyrdom was coming and then that was not something to fear so definitely continuing to um, share the good news, even despite, I mean, she was at a time of persecution. She was spending her time burying other Christians who had been martyred, um, but that didn't stop her in any way. So, Yeah, she, her courage and her love for God, which you see with, is something to be, uh, something to be admired and even, um, even, uh, 
was wanted to be emulated. Yes. I guess that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. And, and Laura, can you finish? Uh, sure. I found a little prayer. Um, this is actually the end of a prayer that's part of a, a novena to St. Cecilia. So, O eternal God, who gave us in the person of St. Cecilia a powerful protectress, Grant that after having faithfully passed our days like herself in innocence and holiness, we may one day attain the land of beatitude, where in concert with her, we may praise you and bless you forevermore in eternity. Amen. St. Cecilia, pray pray for for us. us.